0: Hello, Saubona, How's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ.
1: Enjoy. All right, so I just found that we are live. So good morning to you, everybody. Um, I need to start from the beginning again. Okay. Yes. Okay, so we just done this whole big intro. We welcomed you to chatted of the week. It's a... Uh, Rewind, and we're mm-hmm. going to start again. It, yeah. So, <laughs> good morning, everybody, and welcome to Every in Durban. If 2020 taught me anything, it is you are blessed if you are able to be a flexible person. Flexible. Be flexible. So, be flexible and be creative. That is the way we roll. <laughs> that is what we learned in 2020. Yeah. So, uh, we just want to say thank you for being so patient. We know that we uh, had technical issues. So, thank you for everything that you've been sorting out in the background
0: the creation, and we've got all the tools now to get ready. Just a reminder that we are doing this with our every nation family around the world. So there are literally thousands of people gathering 18 80 nations to pray and fast this week. And not only that, we're, we're actually all preaching in the same series together as well, with all, all of our pastors and churches around the world. And, 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 that and that series, series is, is uh, what we're uh, going to start today, which is, is looking at the different names name of God. God. Now, now, you know, the no, most no, important no, 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 thing, thing about, about you is, is, is not the, the job that you, you have, it's, it's not, not your uh, bank, bank account, account it's not, not where you live, it's not, not what your surname is. The most important thing about you is who do you think God is? And that affects everything in your life. Who do you think God is? And it's amazing how a lot of us, we, we always think that we know who God is. You know, I mean, if you just have to stop people in the street and say, hey, who is God? Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone thinks, oh, God is like this, God is like that. Everyone's got this opinion about who God is. You know, there's this uh, a theology lecturer in Chicago who does an amazing teaching on who Jesus is. And before he starts teaching at the beginning of the semester, when he's got his new class in, what he does is he passes out a test to the class, and it's really a, a profile test. It asks questions about who do you, who who are you, like what is your, your personality, what is your your um, your gifts, what are your likes, what are your dislikes, all of that sort of stuff. And once they've handed that in, it's just a little ten minutes, you know, Q and A kind of thing. They hand that in. He then passes out another test. And in that, he asks the question, who do you think Jesus is? And he says it's amazing when he sits with the results, how how 98% of the time that there's a complete match between who we think we are and who we think Jesus is. <laughs> he says it's incredible how, you know, um, we all think we know God. And and what we do is is deep down inside of us, there's this, a sinful bent to create a God in our own image. And so we create this God who, who likes what we like. I'm sure God, you know, He likes my sports. He likes my foods. Uh, he definitely speaks English first language. You know what I mean? He, God, God is very much, He likes the things I like. He really dislikes the things I, I dislike. The people I dislike, He really doesn't like them. He's not as interested in, you know, people in, Kazakhstan, as he is in Durban, South Africa. You know, we, we really rotate God and, and make God around our world and, and our likes and our dislikes. And uh, and that's a simple bent. And and what we need to do is we need to surrender that. that. That's idolatry. We're creating a God in our own image. And so we need to surrender at the pictures of God that we have. And what we need to do is look into the Word of God and see who does God say He is, you know? Forget about what we think He is or how we think He is. Let's, let's look at what the Word of God teaches us about Himself and what He reveals to us. And the Bible starts with this presupposition. It says, it starts with the presupposition that sinful man by himself cannot know God. That's what it starts with. And unless God intervenes and reveals who he is, we will have no clue who he is. That's the starting presupposition of the Bible. Leave us to ourselves, we will never know who God is. God has to has to come and reveal himself to us. So, so what we understand from the word is this, is that we don't know who God is, but we can learn. We can learn, we can we can change the way we see Him by getting into the Word of God. And what we find in the Word of God is this, is that when we look at the names of God, which is what we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at all the different, not all the different names, because there's like over 80, but some of the different names of God. As we do that, what we find is this, is that the names of God are pillars in our quest for who He is. He comes to us and he reveals his name. And when he reveals his name, what he reveals is his character, is his identity of who he is. So they are are like pillars. The names of God are pillars in our search for who God is. Now, I don't know if you were um, unfortunate enough to have to study Shakespeare at school. (laughs) When I was at school, I did not enjoy Shakespeare. But there's this line in, in Romeo and Juliet where... That goes something like this. I'll probably butcher it, but anyway, I'll just go. It's uh, "What's in a name? A rose by any other name would would smell as sweet." And it's a famous line from from Romeo and Juliet. And, and what Shakespeare was saying in there is that, it's, you, you know, if you think about it, it's totally right. You know, if you called it a rose a tomato, it would still smell as sweet. It would still be red and beautiful, or white and whatever colors they are. You know, it wouldn't really change anything. And so he says, what's in a name? Um, And and actually, you know, in the world we live in right now, names really don't carry too much meaning or significance. They're more seen as labels. But when we get into the Bible, what we see is that names are super, super important. Like God is a God of detail. He names people and he changes their names. Even the names of places in the Bible are significant. I mean, when you understand that Jesus' name is Yeshua or Yehoshua, and he was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread, and his name means Savior, and he said that he is the bread of life that saves the world, you can see that God actually is fully into names, all right? Names are significant. They're important. And you know what? Shakespeare, even in his plays... Uh, strategically chose people's names as well. Alright, so names are actually important. Now as we look at these names, alright, as we start the series and as we look into these names, let's remember this is so that they are pillars in our quest for who God is. And and as we look into the names of God, we actually come closer to God. Um, there's a beautiful passage in Corinthians which says that as we behold him, as we look at God and who he is, not who we think we is, but as he is in scripture, it says that we are then transformed into his image and likeness. You know, when you start to meditate on the fact that he is Jehovah Shalom or Yeshua Shalom, that he is the God of peace, you find that you start to live in peace when you just look at who he is and his love for you and his care for you. When you start to meditate on the fact that he is Jehovah Raphael or Yahweh Raphael, that he is the God who heals. As you just begin to meditate on that faith builds in your heart, peace builds in your heart for healing for for deliverance or whatever you're facing in your life. Just the Holy God transforms us and changes us in who we are. And so I'm so excited about this. I've had a wonderful week of just prepping the word and being in God's presence. And I feel like this word has really just helped me for what I'm going through in my life. And I pray it will do for you as well. So if you have a Bible... Let's get into it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. That's where we're going to start today, Exodus chapter 3. And um, let's just pray our prayer before we get into the Word. Father in heaven, I commit this time to you. I believe that your plans for me are good and that everything good starts with your Word. Your Word brings life, healing, and direction. I treasure your word more than my daily bread. I boldly confess that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. All right. So let's get into Exodus chapter three, and the the name we're looking at today is Jehovah. All right. That's the common name we know God, and we're going to see it here revealed in this passage. This is the moment we're going to read a moment here. God actually reveals His name to us. So we're we'll starting verse one. It says, and like just to give you an idea, guys, I'm not really going to preach this word. I, you know, I'm not behind the pulpit, and I know I'm an exhorter, and I love to just encourage people. Today I'm teaching. All right, I'm, I'm sitting down, <laughs> and and we're we're Bible studying this. So I'm going to be commenting as we go through this text. All right. So verse one is the following: It's now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Just push pause there for a moment. What, what is Horeb, the mountain of God? Horeb is actually Mount Sinai. It's also known as Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where later Moses gets the Ten Commandments. It's where uh, God comes down upon the mountain in fire. It's where Moses uh, strikes the rock and water comes out the rock and keeps... Uh, Waters, feet, horses, millions of people. Um, and what's amazing is that Mount Sinai is actually in Saudi Arabia. You can go there, you can see it today. And when you go look at the top of the mountain, the whole top of the mountain is black. It's like it's been burnt. Uh, and rocks have even melted there. And there's this massive, like, five-story rock. Where, which is split in half with water erosion marks coming out of it, and all the rocks down below. So, I mean, this is, not, this is not like a fable. This is not like some, you know, far out, you know, once upon a time story we're reading. We're reading what actually happened in history. Okay. So this is a significant place, Mount Sinai. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. This is the burning bush experience. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Now, angel of the Lord could could very well be Jesus. Right? Many times, this is called a theophany, where it's possibly Jesus as uh, coming as the angel of the Lord. This flame of fire, obviously this is not a real fire. This is the holy fire of God. The Bible says that our God is a consuming fire fire and he answers with fire from heaven so this is symbolic here Um, and when I was reading this the first thing I thought about was, um, was Pentecost when the disciples had tons of fire obviously it wasn't real fire but there was a set of blaze. Why? Because Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. So here's a bush on fire. In the New Testament, we see people on fire. Isn't that awesome? I hope you're on fire for Jesus. Okay. Let's be on fire for Jesus in 2021, people. Come on. So then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So he's just curious. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Guys, there's a whole other sermon there. I'm not even going to unpack that. But when he saw that Moses turned aside. You know, part of prayer and fasting this week, guys, is about turning aside. It's about putting away the distractions and saying, Lord, where are you? What are you saying? over?" my life, over my marriage, over my future, over my studies. What are you saying over my business? That's what this week is about. It's turning aside, and look at how God responds. That like God was waiting for him to turn aside. I believe there's many times, even in the day, that God is waiting for us to turn aside, turn away from earthly things, turn away from stuff. And when He sees that we turn away, look at how He answers. Look at how He speaks. Okay, let that be an encouragement for you this week. Then he said to, then he said, do not draw near this place. Take, so obviously Moses is approaching. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Um, Pause there for a moment. You know, I think this is an interesting thing. He calls him, Moses, Moses. So there's this like, so Moses responds and comes near, and then there's like, whoa, 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 be careful. Be careful. Take your sandals off. This is holy. Don't just approach any way you want, okay? This is holy ground. And what we see in the, in the Old Testament is there's this pattern of draw near, but, but be careful. <laughs> Come near. I want to be with you. I want to be closer to you. But there needs to be something in place for us just to come together. This is holy, a holy God, and this is sinful man. So there's this tension throughout the New Testament of always God trying to put things in place so that man can approach him. But what's amazing, when you contrast that with the New Testament, it says, come boldly to his throne of grace, <laughs> which is completely different. It's its we can approach God with such boldness uh, in the New Testament, which Moses did not have, guys. We must know how privileged we are. He didn't have that, but the finished work of Jesus allows us to come boldly to God. Obviously, we, we don't neglect the holiness aspect of it, but, but we can come boldly. It carries on and says, And then the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard they cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Bezazites, the hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed. You to notice we're gonna pause there for a moment, is that God sees the suffering of the Israelites, He hears, He sees, He hears, and He knows their sorrows. And that's basically this is the this is the God we serve, is that you know he, he sees your pain, He hears your cry. Not only does He see and hear it, but He knows it. In other words, He identifies with it, He He feels compassion about it guys, this is an amazing God that we serve. I mean, he doesn't just see and know, oh, I can see you in pain, oh, I can hear you in pain, but he actually puts his heart into it. And he knows our pain. He knows your struggle. He knows what you're going through right now. He knows the darkness. He knows what the captivity. He knows what you need right now. He knows it more than what we think he knows it. This is, You know, there's a temptation to think that God is distant and uninterested in your life. And I just want you to know that he is revealing himself here and who he is to us, that he sees, know, hears, and knows the pain that we're going through. And then there's the whole gospel message. I have come down to deliver them. I mean, isn't that what Jesus did? He came down to deliver us from Satan and sin and and sickness. So this is the whole gospel message. And I mean, if we just continue our pause here for a moment, this I was thinking about. Imagine I was Moses here, and, and I'm hearing God say, "I've heard this crime scene, and I know it." So I'm coming down. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, God, angels, and flaming fire, and chariots, and an army of angels, and just power coming, and bazookas, and I don't know whatever else. You know, he's, God is coming down, come down to deliver them. Okay, I'm imagining just all of that coming. But look at the next verse. It says, "Come now, therefore." I will send you to Pharaoh. <laughs> so God coming down looks like him sending us. That's that is powerful. That's another whole sermon right there. Okay. So I mean t- t- isn't it incredible how God is on a mission? Okay, this is a God who's on a mission, and and he his mission is he he comes and brings us into that mission and then he backs us in the mission. But he like he wants to do it with us. That's incredible. So anyway, so then let's carry on. Um, He says, "Now come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my children out of Israel, uh, children of Israel out of Egypt." But Moses said to God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt?" And He said, "I will be with you." Isn't that beautiful? In other words, I'm like, you know, what? You've got questions. But how are you going to do this? How are you going to fulfill your purpose? How Where are you going to go? Where are you going to get the money? Where are you going to get the, all the stuff. And all he says to Moses is, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> so God never actually gives us a plan with everything on it, right? He just says, I'm going to be with you. I'm here," all right? And he directs us as we go. And this shall be the sign that I've sent to you, that when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will come and serve God on this mountain. Now that's a promise, and that actually happened. God, kept it. Moses brought them out and came back to that very mountain. And I can imagine what it must have been like for Moses to come back to that mountain with all those people. I mean, God is faithful to His word. You know, that is that's incredible. We have those moments in life where, hey, He promised that you know He would bring me a wife. He promised that He would get me through my studies. He promised, and then we get to that moment where we're graduating, or we're getting married, or whatever, and and we we need to remember what He promised. Amen. Verse 13, then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Let's pause. That's very interesting. Why would Moses ask for God's name over here? I mean, what if he just said, you know, my name is Ayanda? You know, (laughs) would that have made any difference... In the mission, my name is you know Ciswe. In the you know what if he said my name is Job? Would, how would that change anything? You know why would Moses even ask for a name over here? And the reason is because we don't think of names like 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 the Bible thinks about names right? and the way God thinks about names. Remember the Bible says that names are important. Names are character, their identity. That, that's what names are, and so, so in our in the world we live in, they're just labels. They're just labels, right? And, but names there are, are are introductions into who they are. So what Moses is asking here is who are you? Tell me a little bit about you. You're sending me on this great mission, but I don't even I don't even know you. Give me something so that I can so I can see who you are. Like I can see you're powerful. I can see you're holy. I can feel your presence. But who are you? Like. Give me, give me some more. The equivalence, uh, it would be the equivalent of us asking today, when are you You know, where are you from? <laughs> where are you from? Give me some, give me a little bit of background, and you say, ah, I'm from Nongoma or UmLazi or UmFlanga. You know, then we go. Ah, okay, so you Nongoma, you like this, or UmLazi, this is how you are. UmFlanga, ah, UmFlanga, we know UmFlanga. Okay, so that's you know. And our next question would be uh, then. Also bands where do you work? You know, like because that also gives us an idea. What do you do? What do you do? And then you know so I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a housewife, I'm a okay, so now we now we're getting a, a picture of who you are. Just because the name doesn't really in our world doesn't really give much, but, but who you, where you live, where you're from, you know, it gives us an idea. And it's nice to see in the chat there everyone saying where you're from. That's really, really cool. <laughs> Pumalanga is recognized, okay? So I was just say, Anyway. Um, so so this is what Moses is asking for. He's asking, tell me a little bit of who you are. Give me, give me something. And now this is the reveal. Model. This is where he reveals who he is. Okay? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And that's what you shall say to the children of Israel. I am a you." <laughs> now, if I was Moses again, guys, I would be disappointed with that answer. I'd be like, I am has sent me. I am who I am. Like, that does not help me at all. And that's because from Hebrew to English, we've lost so much meaning and so much depth. When God says, yeah, 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 he's saying, when he's saying I am in Hebrew, what he's saying is that he is self-existent. He's eternal. He is self-sufficient. He is self-directed. He is unchanging. What you see is what you get. There's no shadow in him. I am who I am. There's no two-facedness about I am who I am. I'm not who you say I am, who you think I am. I am who I am. Okay? That's what he's saying to Moses. I'm trustworthy. There's nothing hidden in me. There's no bad in me. There's no evil in me. I am who I am. I'm just self-existent, self-directed. You cannot compare me to anything. You cannot compare, you can't say, he doesn't say, I am like one of the stars, or I am like one of the gods, or I am like, you know, one of you, or I am from South Africa. There's there's no, you can't compare him to anything, there's nothing in creation on which you can compare him, okay? He is who he is, all right? There's no comparison, there's no um, category in which to put him, and it's amazing how Jesus in, in John eight identified with this. When he spoke to the Pharisees, he said, Before Abraham was, I am. He, yeah, you he said that. It was like he identified with it. It was almost like he was saying I'm the angel of the Lord that was speaking to Moses. That's what he is basically saying. And they and the Pharisees hated that. They just wanted to stone him for that. But anyway, so this is what he says to to Moses when he asks for his name. And he carries on, and he reveals a little bit more now. Now, this is where it gets even more intimate. He shows us a little bit more. So firstly, he's saying, I am righteous, trustworthy. I am who I am. There's nothing hidden in me. You can trust me. I'm self-existent. But now he gives us his personal name as well. Okay, So he gives us character, and now he gives us his name. And he says, that you shall say to the children of the Israel, the Lord God, you can underline that in your Bible. If you have a pen and a Bible, which I hope you do, hope you're not just like TV, you know, spectating the sermon, I hope you're in your word right now, underline that. It should be Lord in capitals, okay? And it says there, I am the Lord God. Now, actually, that's the name of God there. That's Him giving us His personal name. It says, I'm the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial for all generations. So this is the big reveal of God gives us his name. Now, if you've got the New King James or the ESV or the NIV, what you see in your Bible is L-O-R-D, Lord, okay, just in capitals. If you're reading the New Living Translation, the NLT, what you'll see is it actually says Yahweh in in that place. And if you've got the Young's literal translation, you will see the word Jehovah. So it's Lord, Yahweh, and Jehovah are all in there. And the question is, well, what does it actually say? <laughs> what does the original actually say? Is it Lord, is it Je- Yahweh, or is it Jehovah? The actual translation says this. It says Y-H-V-H. Can you just say that? Y? H V H. Four letters only are, are revealed over there. Y H V H. And it's, the big word for this is the tetragram. Okay, that's what that's called. This is the most common name for Bible for for, for God in the Bible. It's used over six thousand times. So this is the the reveal of His name. Okay, and where He says that this will be my name forever, He really means that. This is my name. This is what you can call me by. Um, now, when you read the, uh, an English Bible and you see the word Lord in capitals, what you're actually seeing there is Y-H-V-H. That's what you're seeing over there. And um, also what you'll see there in, in that passage is the word God. So you in the English Bible, you see Lord and you see God. And whenever you see God, it's typically the word in Hebrew Elohim or Creator God. So Elohim is God's title, but Lord or Yahweh or Jehovah is his intimate and personal name that he gives to us. Now, if you can, just page forward a couple chapters in the Bible. Let's just go to Exodus 6, and I want you to just see how privileged you are to know what you know right now. Just, just that little bit of information. I want you to see how privileged you are. Exodus 6, verse 2 to 3, it says, and God spoke to Moses And said to him, I am the Lord. Alright, that's L-O-R-D. I am Y-H-V-H. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. That's El Shaddai. Alright? But my name, Lord, Y-H-V-H, I was not known to them by. I just want you to see, like, when I read that, I am super privileged. So remember, the Bible is an unfolding revelation of who God is. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew him as El Shaddai, but they did not know him as YHVH. They didn't know him by that name. All right. So there's this growing revelation, and this is just really a picture for you and I. As we go through life, God starts to reveal who he is. He starts to reveal that he is your provider, that he is your peace. That He is your refuge. That He is your safe tower. That He is your defender. Okay. That He is your deliverer. That as we go through life, we get these circumstances. He comes and He reveals Himself to us. Okay. And and this is what's happening over here. And so I, I want us just to know we we are so privileged that we get to sit this side of the cross and look back on all these names of God. Right, that we know them and then we can see them in our lives. So let's just pause and go deeper on this YHVH. Names are significant in the Bible. They are incredible. They're like, there's so much depth in name. I mean, think about Abraham changing to Abraham and to Sarah to Sarah. You know, these this, names are important. So it follows that if God's going to give us his name YHVH, that there must be something significant in it. I must be able to, like, dig into that and and see something incredible, and it's totally true, okay? When you look at the Hebrew language, the Hebrew language is poetic and beautiful. It's an incredible, incredible language. When you look at Hebrew, what you find is that every letter in Hebrew has a numerical value, right? It's got a number attached to it but also a picture, a pictorial value attached to it. So there's a number and a picture. And look at what we see when we look at Y, H, V, H in Hebrew. The Y, or the Yud, is symbolically a hand. Okay? So the Y stands for a hand. The H is actually a picture of a man worshipping and looking up to heaven. And, and that And it literally means to behold to look up, to behold. The V, get this, the V stands, or or the picture is an iron nail. An iron nail, yes, the one you hit with a hammer. And the H again is then to behold. So it's hand, behold, iron nail, behold. If you put it all together, it's behold the hand, behold the nail. Okay, so what we're seeing in here, the angel of the Lord saying, saying his name, Y H B H is saying, behold the hand, behold the nail. This is Jesus, and this is the gospel in the name of God. I want you to know there is no coincidence about that. Okay, when we look at this Bible, there's no coincidences, okay? This is Jesus revealing himself, okay? If we look at the number values of YHVH, Y is 10, which is divine time or perfection. H is five, which is grace, and six is the number for man, and Y I mean, and an H, which is five, is also the number of grace. And so it goes like this: divine grace, man grace. And if you put it into language, it's at the perfect time the man of grace will bring grace. <laughs> what came through Jesus Christ? Grace and truth. Okay, so this is the whole gospel being preached to Moses at the beginning of the Exodus story. That's significant for us. I mean, we should be able to look at that and go, why? This is a revelation of who Jesus is. You know, and why at the beginning of the Exodus story? Well, if you look at the Exodus story, it is a picture of salvation that we experience today. I mean, the Israelites putting the blood of the lamb on their doorposts is Jesus dying on the cross. You know, it's it's them eating their, their dinner, the Passover dinner. It's them going through the Red Sea, the waters. We go through the waters of baptism. We get taken out of Egypt, which is sin and slavery and Satan. Pharaoh is Satan. We get delivered from Satan, from sin. We go through the waters of baptism, and we enter into the promised land. All right? He takes us into a good land. Why do we say we know that his plans for us are good? Because it's here in the Bible, okay? He has a good plan for your life, okay? And so this is the whole gospel story unfolding for us right there. Psalm 8 says this. It says, O Lord, O Lord, that's Y-H-B-H, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And it is. It's excellent. It's perfect. It's brilliant. I mean, no other name would really do any justice to him right there. So now the question I have for you is how do we pronounce God's name? Y H V H. How do we actually pronounce that? I mean, how do you say, yev? You know what? There's no vowels there, okay? And, it, and in the original Hebrew, there are there are no vows. Right? That's why I actually stopped studying Hebrew because I realized, oh wait, you know, there's no vowels in the original text. So now I just rely on translations and, and study guides, okay? But it's meant very difficult to pronounce words or know what words are when there's no vowels. And so there's a lot of discrepancy about how do you say YHVH. How do you say it? And there are two, the two most common um, interpretations of YHVH are this. Is the first one is Yahweh. Right? That's the first one, which we know as Yahweh. Just so you know, there's no W's in the original Hebrew. It's Yahweh. Okay, Yahweh. So where we get Yahweh from. Or, Yahovah, which is Jehovah. There's no J's in the original Hebrew. It's Yahovah or
1: Yahweh.
0: Okay. So those are the most common names. And you can see they both start with Yah. Yahweh and Yahovah. And, I mean, if you say the word Hallelujah, what you're saying is praise to Yah, God, God. Okay, God is Yah. It's short, the short version is Yah. So Elijah, Elijah is Elijah, which is Yah is my God. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah is um who Yah has appointed. So there's a whole lot of um names in the Bible where Yahoshaphat, etc., where God is now in the in the person's name. Yeah. So the question is, well, why, why don't the Bible translations, a lot of the Bible translations use these names? Why, why aren't we seeing Yahweh and Jehovah being used? And the reason is this, is because the Jewish people understood the holiness of God. And this name is mentioned 6,000 times in Scripture, which means and in Jewish culture... You write the name of God a lot. You also speak the scriptures a lot. Uh, in Hebrew culture, it's very important to read the word and speak the word. Okay? So they were worried that if this name was going to be mentioned too much, it would become common, and then they would transgress and blaspheme his name or make his name common. And so, I mean, just to give you an idea, when, when Jewish scribes used to uh, write the name, what they would do is they would write with a quill, and when they get to Y H V H, they would stop, go get a new quill, write Y H V H, break the quill, and throw it away, so that nothing else would be written with that quill. And then pick up that old one and carry on writing. That's how so holy the name of God is to them. We don't we don't really understand that. We need a revelation of the holiness of God in our times. But so what they did was instead of putting Y-H-B-H, they put the word Adonai in, in scripture. And Adonai is a title, it means Lord, okay? So that's why in the English translations, the English translators came to the word, they didn't see Y-H-B-H, they saw Adonai, and they translated Adonai as Lord. And they put it in capitals so that you would know it's the name of God, which, in my opinion, is very sad, okay? And this is important that you know this when you're reading your Bible is that he's not called actually Lord. He's Y-H-V-H, Yehovah or Yahweh in Scripture. And and it's I think it's sad that we've lost that in our Scripture because Lord is a title, it's not a name. It's like me calling my wife the wife. How is the wife doing today? Instead of saying, How are you today. You know, it's, there's that difference. And so I, you know, the New Testament is about intimacy with God. And so I think this is important for us. I think we need to know that he invites us into his personal name. He invites us to use his personal name and not just titles. Um, So that aside, when I was studying this, I also had some questions. My questions were also, Yahweh and Jehovah are very different pronunciations of the same thing. Which one is more correct? Which one is the right one? And are there any other pronunciations for YHVH? and any other contenders for the name of God and what I found is that this is actually a highly contested issue um, in today amongst many scholars and um, just a little bit um, kind of geek on you today all right um, I went into some studies to find out what is the most what is the most reliable what is the most accurate all of that I found it's very contested um, what I also found was that there is a, another Um, Many hardcore scholars actually say that the translation is Yahava. Instead of Yahweh or Jehovah. it's actually Yahava. And they say that that is the true name that God gave to Moses. So is it Yahweh? Is it Jehovah? Is it Yahava? Which one is correct? Um, I really like, personally, the Yahava explanation just for the history of it and translations and transliterations and all of that that I went into, and also because of the meaning attached to it. When you look at Yahava, what you find is a number of different words in there. You find Yah, which is the self-existent one. You have Av, which is Father. Hava is the breath of life. Remember, he breathed into Adam and he became a living being. And then you have the word Ahava, which means love. So if you put that all together, Yahweh is the self-existent Father who has the breath of life and His love. <laughs> and I like that just for that reason, because I think that's beautiful. In John 17, Jesus said the following. He said, I have declared to them your name and will declare it. Why? That the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. So, and in 1 John 4, it says, God is love. Yahava, ahava. is a play on words, okay? Jesus gave the name of God so that the love of God would be in them. So I love the fact that I love Yahava. I love that as the, as the, as the one, all right, as my one of preference, because of not only the historicity and all of the science and everything in language and linguistics behind it, but, but because of the meaning of he's the father, the Breath of life and love. So which one is correct? Well, just so you know, Yahweh is one that's more common and more originally used by uh, a lot of Jewish people. And Jehovah is one that actually came a lot later in translations and is linked to the word Adonai a lot more. So do we say Jehovah um, or do we say Yahweh or do we say Yahava? Listen, I don't think we should get into a a war on words. If I was giving my name to someone who doesn't speak my language, like to someone in China, and and I said to them, my name is Wayne, and they said, (laughs) I would be fine. (laughs) Personally, they try. They're they're making an effort to say my name. Um, No one was there. No one was there with Moses when God said his name, whether it was Yahweh, Jehovah. Yahava. No one was there. Language changes over the centuries. It's not that important. We don't have to start getting forming our own little religious cultures This is the real name of God or this is the real name of God. We don't have to do that. I don't want us to miss, I'm going to close with this, the essence of what's being revealed here. This is the essence. There's two applications for us today. The essence is this, is that God gave us his personal name. So, he wants to be, that says he wants to be known by us. He doesn't want us just to call him Mr. President of the Universe or Honorable God above all gods. He wants us to have first-name basis with him.
1: He's invited
0: us into intimacy with him. And I just want to say that that's what we see here, is this invitation to intimacy with God. You can have a title relationship with God, a Lord Adonai relationship with God. But you can also have a Jesus, Yeshua, uh, Yahava or Yeshua relationship with God. And the question is, which one do you have? As we get into prayer and fasting this weekend, let's draw into the intimacy that God invites us into. That's the first application. The second one, and I'm finishing now, if you wouldn't mind getting that last video ready for us. I want you to notice what happens to Moses in this encounter. Whenever we encounter God, it's never so that we can just have a burning bush and go, wow, you know, that was incredible. What happens to Moses is Moses gets called into mission with God when there's a revelation of God. And the the presupposition is this, is that as we behold him, we become part of his mission mission. Here on earth, Moses gets sent to deliver people, to save people. And and so, guys, I want to say, listen, we, as we behold God, let this be a fire to get on mission with God. This is, when the, What we see about God revealed here overwhelmingly is this intimate relationship, but he's sending us into the world. Guys, as, as Christians, we must know. We are sent ones. We are sent into this world. We are on mission. We're supposed to be on mission with God, whether there's COVID, whether there's lockdown, whether whatever's happening in our lives, whether we're going to funerals, whether we're getting married, we should be giving glory to God. We should be on mission with God. We should be rescuing people from sin, death, Satan, all of that sickness. We might are you on mission with God. Do you know you are on mission with God? Awesome word. Uh,
1: really amazing. Now
0: yeah, I can see, <laughs> <laughs> No, the, um, just your word was yeah.
1: really so rich and so deep um, and the, the video was so encouraging as well. It's amazing to see what's been happening around the world through 2020 and um, how people have been living on mission. And that exaltation that Wayne just gave us about living intentionally, living purposefully, whatever we're doing, whatever we're going to, whether it's the hard things, the celebratory things, we do it on mission. For the glory of God. For the glory yeah. of God because we bear His image and we carry His name. Yeah. But I was just thinking, I can now understand why my husband has enjoyed, um studying this so much through this week. He really has been like, just so happy about it. Everything he's been delving into, and I totally get it now yeah. because there's such richness and such depth in in the name, the name, the name. Yeah. come on, um, it's And the yeah. more we understand that, the more we can worship our God with a revelation and an understanding and a depth of our intimacy. Mm. And, and when, the, we, when we come to Him,
0: like to remember who we who we come to, mm. you know, that we're coming to Yahava, the God. Of life who gives breath and is love. Yeah, you know, that's who we come into. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you know, one thing I can say is, and um, when when I discovered what my name meant, and uh, my, my name means noble, it really <laughs> it, 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 it made me realize like why I'm wired the way I'm why It's not by accident that, that my yeah. name is what it is. And I so appreciate African culture because I feel like African culture has taught me the, the wealth of, of mm-hmm. names and what they mean and how yeah, important true. they are to people. <laughs> what
0: does Ciswet <she's> mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean Mother of nations.
1: <laughs> but but um, yeah, I really, um, yeah. African culture has taught me so much about names and meaning. and yeah. it, it pushed me to go and look into the meaning of my name and then it, it had a, a wow. deep impact. So,
0: so you know, on the Iconnect, all right, guys, if you, well, we've got a sermon summary, and a little Bible study that we send out on the on our WhatsApps. If you haven't got that, drop us a message on zero seven two six oh six six seven four seven and we will send you the iConnect. So it's a summary of what we've just preached about now, which you can then take into a small group and discuss it. And actually the opening question there is Christian? what is the meaning of your, of your name? name? Do you know yes, the meaning of your name? Yeah, so that's a good way to get to know each other a little bit better.
1: I think that's going to be a lot of fun, <laughs> in fact, doing that in the Connect groups. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome.
0: So Yeah.
1: I think we should take communion now, and um, what would be a good idea if you want to message us in the, in the chat section, any particular prayer request, anybody that you want to bring before Throne of God today collectively, um, I know a number of us did proxy for people last week, and we've had reports of people who have been encouraged and are feeling better now because of praying, being yeah. grateful. Isn't that awesome? So it's, it's powerful. It's powerful when we when we break bread together, when we pray together, and, um, and when we share with each other, you know, what's going on in our worlds.
0: So you're welcome to message us in the chat. As, as we do communion, what we're doing is we're proclaiming the name of the Lord. And, it's, and, and we're remembering what he died for. And this, this is a holy, powerful moment. The Bible warns us, don't do this just disrespectfully. Don't just do this in chair. You know, make sure that you come with the right heart towards communion. Because as we do it, as we break bread, we remember his body that was broken for us. As we drank the juice, we remember his blood that was shed for us. The Bible says that by his stripes... By his- we are healed. Amen. Okay? And we just proclaim that over you today, every nation do it, by his stripes, yes. as we break, bread, take it, as we remember that, we identify with it, we release the power of God, we pray the prayer of faith, and we believe God for healing. Amen.
1: And it's such a powerful reminder that he invited us into a covenant. Yeah. He chose. He decided. He called us out of darkness into light. We are his by his will and his desire. And so this is is a reminder of that covenant, which is so incredibly powerful. What is his is ours. We are his. There is
0: a a unity that we have in,
1: in Christ.
0: Okay. So we want to encourage you. We don't want to rush this moment. Guys, Sunday morning. You know, we don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> we're locked in. Our <laughs> we can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, grab your communion if you haven't already. Grab, grab some bread and some juice. If you don't have juice? Use some. Use anything. Okay, just it's symbolic. All right. Uh, but post some prayer requests here, right? as some of you are posting now. All right. So, and then what we're going to do is we're going to pray specifically into these prayer requests over here. So, Lindiwe has just posted. Um, I'm asking for prayers for my sister and myself. Tease mom and aunt. Okay, <laughs> now we know, we know you. All right. Suffering from a very bad bout of flu since last Sunday and experiencing breathing difficulty, difficulties lately, we're awaiting test results. Okay. So Lindiwe, um, we're going to pray for you and your sister. Tease mom and aunt, all right? We are going to be praying for you now. And as we take taking communion, mm-hmm. we are going to be declaring healing over you. Yeah, There's power in our agreement. There yes. is power that is released
1: as we agree, as we we, we literally stand together as, a, as a, an army saying, no one is alone in the battle. We are yeah. together. There is a oneness. We, there is one God. There is one spirit, and we are in it together.
0: Yeah. And two or more. Agree to anything, it is done, it's done, it's done for like us. So let's step into agreements. Um, got another one here from Sibonga Kufle and Korsi. Um, I feel like I know you, but I don't know that name anyway. My friend Sipo lost his mom yesterday due to COVID, and his father is in hospital fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. Can we please pray for him? And his siblings, mm. Amen. We're going to be praying for Seiko and his and his father and his and, and those siblings. We're going to be praying for that. Daniel has also just posted. We're going to be praying and thanking God for healing for family and friends and personal healing as well. Daniel, we're going to stand in faith for your healing.
1: Mm.
0: So we've got those three requests yes, so yeah. far. We're just going to give it in a couple more seconds. If you've got a request post posted, here we're going to pray specifically by name, guys.
1: Yeah. And I must emphasize, as we submit to God
0: and we resist the enemy, he feeds.
1: That is the word of God. We do not give place to fear. We do not give place to fear. We allow the peace of God to be the protectiveness over our minds and over our hearts. And you know, sometimes when there is battle raging around us, it's, it's very easy to start to look at the things that are trying to knock us over. That are trying to take us away from faith and confidence in God. And I want to, God reminded me, I had this picture last night of, of just, just said to me, keep eye to eye contact with me. (laughs)
0: That's so cool.
1: Keep eye to eye contact with me. And I was like, I was reminded of a a scene in a movie where this, this dance instructor was basically saying to the person he was teaching, just look at me and let me lead you through this. And, um, and as we keep eye to eye contact with God. With, with God Yeah. As we keep our eyes fixed there, there is a there is a stability that comes to us. Yeah. And um and, and there's a strength because we're allowing Him to lead us through whatever situation we're facing and that we're in. Come on.
0: Um and another prayer request here from Claire Joshua saying and her mom and dad to recover completely. Yes. So Amen. mom and dad, we I know Dad, I think, is recovering nicely now, so we know about that, and let's pray again for that, for Mom and Dad to recover completely. Mm-hmm. All right, so Should we say communion?
1: let's take communion, and
0: then let's pray. Okay.
1: So, Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken so that ours don't have to be. We thank you that your body is a reminder of, That there were stripes on you, so that there didn't have to be stripes on us, and there is healing in those stripes. And we lift all of our friends, all of their family members, each and every person mentioned, and those two people are mentioning in their own hearts, and we declare the covenant that is theirs, Mm -hmm. the healing that is the your children's portion. We stand in agreement for healing. Mm -hmm. And we stand together. We resist fear. We resist faithlessness. We stand and we thank you. That perfect love covers over and it casts out all fear. So we release that over you. Thank you for the name that is above every other name. And it's in this name that we put our trust. And this bread is a reminder of him who bore our stripes. And bore
0: the skies. that give us wholeness. Let's take the bread together, guys. We just pray specifically right now for Lindywe and her sister. Father, we command those lines to breathe the breath of life. That comes from God. We command those lungs to open up. We command those flu symptoms to go. In the mighty name of Jesus, yes. we speak life over you, Lindiwe, your sister. We speak life over you, Daniel, and your friends. We speak life over you, Sipo, and and your di- and Dad in hospital right now. Over oh, Sepo's Dad, we pray right now, Father, for wisdom over those doctors. We pray for answers. We pray for solutions, Father God. We pray right now for a turnaround in this situation, Lord. Mm-hmm. We pray for that family that's grieving the loss of mom, that's going through trauma right now. Mm-hmm. And we say, Jehovah Shalom over you, the peace of God over you, the peace of God to come and reign. Jehovah Rahu, the God who heals, to come now into that hospital Lord, and heal you and deliver you from that grip of death.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we declare deliverance for you. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. We pray for Cassie's two twins as well. We pray, Father God, that, that this constipation would go, that this eczema would go in the name of Jesus. We command that, that skin rash, that eczema, just be healed in the name of Jesus. We command you to go right now. Cassie, if you can, just put your hands on the kids right now. And agree with us, Father. We say yes. life over our children. Yes. We declare life over our children. They will live, they will live long, they will live healthy, they will live strong in your name. We break every curse over them, Father God. Mm-hmm. We release your life and your salvation over them.
1: Mm-hmm. And we just speak a release of the correct medication and the correct diagnosis of mm-hmm. every person who's getting medical attention, yes, whether sir. it be conversation. With, with a pharmacist, whether it be a doctor appointment, maybe it's even in the hospital. Let there be correct diagnosis yes. and correct medication being released to people yes, who everyone. need medical intervention. Yes,
0: God. Lord, over our province, over our city, over our nation, we just thank you that no evil agendas will prosper in this time.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: thank you that the people will get what they need, Father God. And will not be withheld but mm-hmm. we pray for an abundance of supplies an abundance of care to come to every person who needs it because you're the God who sees who hears and knows mm-hmm. what we're we going through yeah. we just pray for Tu's parents and we speak life over you mom and dad we thank you now that you are recovering to a hundred percent 110 percent in Jesus name mm-hmm. let's take let's take the wine together guys. <coughs> And as we do this, let's just thank God for the victory that is ours in Christ. Thank you, God, for the hope that is in us. Thank you, God, for the life that's in us. That we're not hopeless. We're not left without. We have a powerful, mighty God who can deliver our whole nation out of Egypt. He can, He can bring our families out of hospitals. He can raise our kids up. This is the God we serve. Amen.
1: Amen. And to um to stand in the gap for all of our friends and families who are not saved, who do not yet have the blood of Jesus over them. We thank you, Lord, for salvation, salvation stories pouring in as we walk as those who will bring salt and light into a crooked and perverse generation. Thank you for our households, our neighborhoods, our places of work, wherever we have audience with other human beings, Lord. Let the salvation story unfold in those lives. Mm-hmm. In
0: Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty
1: name.
0: Well, that's Sunday service.
1: That's Sunday service.
0: May God bless you. May he keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, we bless you every nation and We'll see you soon during this week. Zoom meetings, prayer, revival prayer, join, sign up, get plugged in, and let's do this thing. Amen?
1: Amen. We're going to have a great week fasting together.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to
1: join one of our connect groups where you can make friends, and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes an offering, please visit our website, www.iendurban.org to get our bank details and Zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.